and that is uh, we get to sit under the teaching of Pastor Eddie Leo. And, you know, when he's in town, he's the guy. I, I go and sit down and take a ton of notes, and, and, and you'll want to do the same thing. Um, it's a blessing to have him here. He's one of the co-founders of Abba Love Ministries International, um, which... Uh, there's over 20,000 people in Indonesia, and then there's a whole host more of people that are um, not able to say that they're a part of a church because they live in a closed-off, persecuted country. And so there's a whole other host of people. He travels frequently, a frequent speaker um, in many conferences, and we get the benefit of having him here. So would you, uh, do, would you please help me welcome Pastor Eddie? Well, hallelujah, what a wonderful Sunday, and Happy New Year. <laughs> Not, God is good, amen? Hallelujah. This is a wonderful service, and we seldom see this in the body of Christ. So I'm so blessed this morning to be here, and first of all, I would like to thank this church also, Pastor Dave, for still letting us, Abelove Ministry, uh, to be here and to use this building. And I think I, I also believe the same thing that uh, although we have two expressions, but we are one church. We are one body in Christ. Amen. Thank you for your opening arms. And today I'm going to talk about, uh, I believe, the year 2014 will be the year of multiplication. For all of us. I believe that. Because God is going to do something in us and among us. That's why be prepared. Because God prepared us in these uh, last years so that we can multiply. And I believe God wants to multiply you in quality and also in quantities. So let's prepare. There are two key words today I'm going to talk about in order to multiply. So the two key words for multiplication is build and send. These are the two words, the two active action of the prophetic church and the apostolic church. See, God wants us to be the apostolic church. The apostolic church has the two actions to build his dwelling place, and to be sent out to finish the Great Commission. That is the apostolic church. And a lot of churches today, we lost this essence. We do not become apostolic church anymore. We become more pastoral church. Feeling the needs. Pastoring people. Look very inward. Oh, we focus on, you know, you look at me and I look at you. And then, what are you looking at? You know, see. So, then we focus very inward. That's why God wants us to build His home and then to be sent out to build His home. Everyone in the church must be an apostolic disciple. Because God wants every member we are all priests. We are all ministers of the Lord. That's why God wants every one of us practice these two words. 
we build his house and we send out to build his house. Now, what are we building? We are not building a building. <laughs> we are not just to build an organization. We are not just to build a program or a denomination, a name. But God wants us to be his to build his house. Or you may call it his home. I love the word home. You know, in the English word, English saying, you have this saying, you can buy a house, but not a home. Yeah? A house built by hands, but a home built by hearts. God wants you to build His home. And His home is not a building. His home is a community where God dwell among us. And this is His home. And His home can be built if we build the hearts. That's why today I'm going to talk about how we can be used by God to build the hearts of people. See, people never change if their heart never changes. And the heart has something to do with the mind. Do you know that recently, you know, the research shows that in our heart, there are 40,000 brain cells. That means hearts and mind are related together. What you think can impact your heart. You can feel what you think. And also your hearts will impact your thoughts. That's why hearts and mind are related together. If we are apostolic church, we deal with the hearts. We deal with the mind. I will show you how we can be used by God to build people's heart, people's mind. These are one of the apostolic duties, one of the apostolic job. Look at this verse. Paul said this, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 to 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high things that exalt itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, say it together, every thought, into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Wow! God given Paul a warfare. If you are an apostolic church, you also given the same warfare. You said, oh, maybe this, is, this is all for Paul only. Because he was an apostle. We are not an apostle. But remember, you know, the verses before he said, hey, the church of Corinthians, you are my co-workers. I mean, the church is the apostle co-workers. So that means these verses are for us also. You know, if we want to be apostolic church, you know, we are given, we have to receive this, you know, task, this warfare. Do you know the word warfare in the Greek word is strateia? You know, what does it mean, strateia? Strateia means this, military works, 
or apostolic duties. This is the word for apostolic works. Wow! For the apostle, God given a duty to bring down stronghold in the mind of people. Wow! This is the works of the apostolic. Do you know in the olden day, in the time of the Roman Empire, whenever they wanted to conquer you know, nations, they send military first, fight the fight, and then you, after you know, they were conquered, and then they send a general. They send a general there. And this general, you know, they go with 300 civilians. Their job is to build a colony from the Roman Empire. Their job is to show how the Roman society lives. This 300 is an example of the Roman culture. They show them how the Roman live, how you know they do politics, how you know they do education, how. They do all the things. How are their entertainment? You know, the uh, gladiator. Everything. They show them. The reason is twofold. Number one, so that they will be attracted to become Roman Empire uh, citizenship. So they want to become Roman citizen. That's number one. Number two, even if they don't want to become Roman citizen, they will be influenced by the culture these 300 people show them. And this general who led them to go to that new place to form the colony of the Roman Empire, this general is called an apostle. An apostle. Apostolos. And he went there for the job. The job is to fight. This is the fight. God wants us to know that we are in the battle. We are in the fight. In the warfare. Hallelujah. And the warfare, you know, we are engaged. You know, God given us powerful weapons. Casting down arguments and every high things that exalt itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So our job is to fight, to destroy the stronghold in people's mind. See, this is the apostolic church. God given you this power. Do you know, when you deal with people in the cell group, deal with people, you know, God give you ability to find out the stronghold in people's mind. Yeah. All the stronghold will be revealed if you have the apostolic anointing and then you have power to bring down this stronghold and then you have power also to implant the word of God into their mind. Because, you know, this is how Jesus taught in the Sermon of the Mount. Sermon on the Mount taught us this strategy. You know, is to bring down the stronghold. 
I believe the stronghold of people's life that control people, make people have bad habits, you know, make people disobey God, the stronghold is in the subconscious memory of people's life. Do you know that we are controlled by the subconscious memory? Yeah, that is where Satan put all the stronghold, the wrong concept, you know, misbelief, false belief, you know, wrong image, bad image, sinful image, you know, all Satan put it in our subconscious memory. If we do not deal with the subconscious memory, we cannot change people's lives. I have experienced in the recent years so powerful this ministry. When we find out people's subconscious memory, which Satan put stronghold in it, and then we destroy that stronghold, wow, people's change. Yesterday I share in my cell, we have a man for 30 years old, never changed. His life never changed. He got so much anger in him, hidden anger. Do you know, some of us have hidden anger, you know, consciously you don't want to get angry. Even you say to yourself, no anger, no anger, no anger. But then your spouse push the hot button. Uh, you laugh, I mean. Then, boom, it came out, right? Yeah, you laugh because maybe you experience it. I don't know. See, he got so angry and then he abused his sons two, three sons, you know. He abused them again and again and again until they all hated him so much. Bitter against him. And his wife, because he was so angry, his wife left him with another man. And he was totally, you know, failed his life. He went, he went to church. You know, for 30 years, no change. He tried everything. He went to many seminars. He went to many training. <laughs> but nothing changed. He's still the same. But then, one day, we invited him into our cell. And then, he was like this. You know? And then in the cell, we said, we don't want to judge you. We love you. We want to minister to you with love. And then, you know, when you love people, when you accept people, when you listen to people with empathy, suddenly the wrong, sinful memory, hurting memory came out. Because under, inside our subconscious mind, brother and sister, I tell you, we have what the strongest stronghold is called the implicit memory. Do you know the implicit memory is something buried down in your subconscious that you will not able to recall it? You know, explicit memory, you can recall it. For example, you, you can recall your memory when you were 10 years old, 
you are in, in elementary school, you can still remember it, you can recall it. But there are something called implicit memory which enter your subconscious memory without your control. And then that buried deep inside, you, you do not know it. But, praise God, with this apostolic anointing, God gave us power to expose the stronghold in people's life. Amen? God given us this power. And then in the community, that's why you, you need to practice the Sermon on the Mount. Because the Sermon on the Mount says, if we do not judge one another, we remove our plank, then we can help our brother's speck to take out the speck of our brother's life. The speck is the something you do not realize that is the subconscious things, you know, that, that hurts you, but you cannot see it by yourself. Only other people can see it because in the olden time, you know, you don't have clear mirror. So people don't know. In order to take out the speck, you, you need your brothers. You need, you, know, you need somebody else to see it and to take it out. Amen? So we talk to this man. Suddenly, when love is there in the community, when we practice love, listening with, with empathy, suddenly, one picture like a movie, he saw when he was about six years old. Remember, all the implicit memory came before the age of seven. And that implicit memory controls your life the most. Is there of any of you controlled by sexual sins all the time? That's because of the explicit memory. You know, you cannot, whatever you cannot control, you know, this, this thing control you like what I call the automatic response in your life came from this implicit memory. Suddenly, he saw like a movie when he was about six years old. His father was so cruel. His father always disciplined him in anger. In anger. And his father took the rattan stick. You know the rattan stick? That was the most painful weep. <laughs> so, he tied his son. The father tied this guy, you know. When he was six years old, every time he was wrong, and then the father took that rattan stick and beat you know, him. And then, with the rattan, beat him until blood came out. Beat him until the rattan stick broken into pieces. He took another one and beat him again. And took another one, beat him again until three rattan sticks. And then, he disciplined him with anger. When he saw that, tears came down his eyes. That was the time God showed him the stronghold that controlled his life. That moment, he began to forgive his father. And we hug him. We pray for him. And I tell him to renew his mind. After the stronghold being taken down, you have to implant the word of God. That's the teaching, that's the Sermon on the Mount. 
You have to implant the word of God. Then we implant it by repetition, by meditation on the word of God. And you know what happened? Only three months, only three months, God set him free totally. And his sons was so, you know, surprised. He, he went to me and said, Pastor Eddie, what did you do to my father? I said, why do you ask this question? Oh, my father changed. What did you do? I said, well, I just obeyed the word. I just, we're just sharing in the cells, you know. What did you do? He was so loving right now. Never in his life, in 30 years, never they, they saw these things, you know. And then he was totally changed. And then his wife looked at his chains, and the wife came back. Hallelujah. Now the wife also in the cell group. And, and now they both become the cell leader. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, I have seen major transformation one by one in our cell group. You know, some already divorced for 10 years. But God restored them. When you know how to find the stronghold. Because people's life controlled by the stronghold inside their subconscious mind. God given us this power. The apostolic power. Hallelujah. Not only those who believe, this also for those who not believe yet. You know, so God can give you this strategy to fight for those for the nation who has stronghold that prevent them to believe in the gospel. God given us this power, apostolic power to fight. Amen? And then when you fight, you know, something happens. Wow, people's life begins to open. Do you know, we, I have seen major transformation in places where, you know, people very close to the gospel, but when we send cell group to pray, to pray, to fight the spiritual warfare, and suddenly, after maybe six months, people's lives begins to open up, and they begin to open up to the gospel. Wow! This spiritual fight, God wants you to practice it. We have this power. Amen? Wow, use it. The apostolic duties. Now, I want to talk about God not only wants us to build His house, but He wants to send us out. Yeah, this is the second element of the apostolic church. He wants to send us out. Let's read in Matthew 9, 35 to 38. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, Harvest truly is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest 
to send the laborers into his harvest. Hallelujah. Do you want to multiply this year? How to multiply? Yeah, you must have harvest. No harvest, no multiplication. See, uh, I think last week, yeah, you talk about one empty chair. Yeah, so, so we, we, we need to have rooms for those who are unsaved. I believe God wants to use us this year to bring the harvest in. Amen? What is the problem? Why many churches do not have harvest anymore? In America, you know, many Christians, we do not go and reap the harvest. Do you know that the harvest is already ready to be harvested? Don't pray for the harvest. It's unbiblical. Oh Lord, please Lord, I pray for the harvest. I pray for the harvest. The angel said, it's a wrong prayer. Don't pray for the harvest because the harvest is always ready. The problem is not with the harvest. Jesus said what? He said, the harvest is truly plentiful. The harvest is always plentiful. But what is the problem? But the dollars are few, right? No, 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 not the dollars is the problem. Yeah? The money is few. No, what is few? The workers are few. This is the problem. This is the problem. The problem is we have no workers. <laughs> From the time of Jesus, you know, this was the problem already. So, how can we produce workers? So I would like to, you know, ask you to think about these questions. Number one, okay, why? Why do we have no harvest? Why Abelov and NCF have no harvest? Why? Do you know why? Because we have no workers. Is that right? No workers. Now, the question is, why do we have no workers? <laughs> do you know why? <laughs> ah, the, quest, the, the answer is because we do not ask. We do not pray to the Lord of the harvest. He is the Lord of the harvest. He knows His harvest the best. Amen? He knows how to reach the harvest. He knows everything because He is the Lord of the harvest. Ask Him. Pray. So if we never pray, we will never have workers. Workers only produce, you know, the first step through prayer, asking the Lord of the harvest to send His workers. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Are you ready to pray? See, even to pray, we are not ready, right? How can we reap the harvest? Whoa. Oh, He will send out, you know, the harvest. But now, do you know the word sending out here? 
Wow, the word sending out, this is a dangerous word. Is ekbalo. In the New Testament, you have two words for sending out. One is ekbalo, one is apostelo. There is the word apostolic came from. Ekbalo, apostelo. You can choose one of these two. Okay, what is ekbalo? Do you know what is ekbalo? Ekbalo is the, the same word in the New Testament used for casting out demon. So the meaning of ekbalo is casting them out or expel them or force them to go out. <laughs> Hallelujah, I love this. Ooh. That's why if you begin to pray this, something will happen in your life. God begins to force you out. Amen? Yeah, take it by force. Amen? Hallelujah. Woo. So, you know, many churches do not want to be sent out. We are very comfort. Oh. You know, we become like Titanic. Do you know Titanic is a cruise? You know, actually God wants us not to be a cruise. Oh, to enjoy, you know, to enjoy the ship. But we are, what do you call it? The life, lifeguard. Yeah? See, lifeboat. We are lifeboat, not, not the cruise. In the cruise, Everybody enjoy, you know. Oh, we enjoy. And after enjoy, what do we do? Complain, right? We complain everything. We complain about the food. We complain about, you know, that's, that's what the church today. We complain everything. Mm, the pastor preached not very good, you know. He preached very hard today, you know. Oh. See, we complain everything. Easy to complain in a cruise. And in the cruise, a lot of sin also. Yeah. Titanic. Oh. <laughs> See? Oh. We have casino and we dance all the time. Keep dancing, you know. And people very proud, you know. Even when Titanic was, you know, launched. One lady called, you know, is Titanic safe? I tell you, you know, the manager said, even God cannot sing, you know, cannot sing this ship. Whoa, so proud. So what happened? Suddenly, the boat, you know, the cruise, broken because of the iceberg. And then the boat was about to sink. But people still don't believe it. Still dancing. <laughs> dancing, yeah. And people said, hey, the boat is sinking. No, we don't believe it. Still sinking. Still dancing. Can you imagine it? So don't be like Titanic. Amen? Be the lifeboat. In the lifeboat, yes, we have fellowship. Yes, we are very close to one another. But our focus is not inward. Our focus is outward to see there is, you know, people who need salvation. 
There are people who need help. Amen? Go out. Go out. But we churches tend to be like crews. Oh, we enjoy it. We enjoy it. What happened? Okay. God said, I will ekbalo you. I will push you out. Wow, this is dangerous, huh? Do you, do you still want to pray? Huh? Do you still want to pray? I want to pray. Oh, this is fun. I mean, whoa, hallelujah. God, I pray God, send us, Lord, send us. That's the prayer you need to pray. Send me, Lord. You know, don't say this. Lord, this is me. Send others. Oh, Send me, Lord. Send ourselves out to do the works. Amen? That's what God wants you to do. Pray. See, but God actually wants to send you, you know, apostello, send you out. But many people do not want to practice apostello, so God has to do ekbalo. If you do not want to obey Acts chapter 1 verse 8, okay, God said, I will force you to do Acts chapter 8 verse 1. Do you know Acts chapter 8 verse 1? Persecution. Persecution comes until everybody scattered all around the world. You know, they go out by force. <laughs> they go out to the whole world and preach the gospel. Wow. You know, don't wait until like Indonesia. We have a lot of persecution. Yeah, we have a lot of persecution. You know, after persecution, whoa, the church united together, I tell you. is the most powerful tools to unite church is persecution. I mean, whoa. And to do mission. Yeah. Now, many churches has heart to do mission. We, ha- we are on fire for our city. We want to do this. So I pray God will send you out. Either way, you can choose Ekbalo or Apostolo. Amen? Ask the person next to you, which one do you choose? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, now, why, the next question, why do we not ask? See, even us, we don't want to ask, right? We don't want to pray and ask for the workers. Why? If you look at the context, because we are not moved by compassion. But Jesus, the moment he came to that area, he saw a lot of sick people, a lot of people need help, a lot of people like sheep without shepherd. His heart moved. With compassion. Do you still have compassion for the lost? See, this is the problem. We are too comfort in Titanic that we don't have compassion anymore. God wants us to have compassion this year. Pray so that you will have compassion. Lord, give me compassion, Lord. Do you know out there, a lot of people need help. Do you know out there, a lot of people, problem people, nobody minister to them. 
in your city. Look at your city. Nobody minister to them. God wants you to have this compassion. The next question, the last question. Why we are not moved by compassions? <laughs> why? Do you know why? <laughs> this is the, this, the answer. Because we do not go with Jesus to the mission field. <laughs> because we do not you know, walk with Jesus, follow Jesus to the cities and villages. Because in verse 35, Jesus intentionally bring his disciple, brought his disciple with him you know, to the cities and to the villages. I'm glad next year Abba love wants to focus on the city and neighborhood Christian center also because this is your nature, neighborhood, right? <laughs> wow. So let us go to the cities this year. Let's go to the cities. In the cities, do you know cities is the one of the, the, the biggest mission field? Hey, in America, you have so many people coming from many other nations. Hey, this is a great opportunity for us to reach them out. Amen? Go to the cities. Cell group, if you do not have a project, I'll tell you, you never win so. You have to go to the city. I'm, I'm glad that this year, Abalove Cell Group, we will pray and ask the Lord to, to be sent out. God wants to send us out to the city. Because cell is the tools, is the instrument of Jesus Christ, is his body, is his hands, his feet, his mouth. I mean, we are his instrument to reach the world. We are his instrument to transform society. We are his instrument to change the lives of people. God given us so much. God given us power. If we do not do it, I'll tell you. The Holy Spirit is given only for those who wants to do the mission. Do you know how the Holy Spirit given to the disciples? Jesus said in John chapter 20, 21, As the Father sent me, so I send you. And then He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit come upon you, you will be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the world. So the Holy Spirit is given to us to equip us, enable us to reach out at least to the Jerusalem, at least to our city. I mean, Jerusalem, and then Judea, and then Samaria, and then to the end of the world. Church, if you do not have mission heart anymore. You do not do mission anymore. You just enjoy. I'll tell you what happened. The Holy Spirit, you know, no more working in you. And then I will tell you, we will have a dead religion. We'll become a dead religion. You will never see people's life change. Even your life, no change at all. Because, you know, you all all talking about your own problem, your own problem, your own problem. You know, why many cells, no more excitement? Because no more new souls. You know? No more reaching out. 
So you look at me, I look at you. What? So what happened? And, and then, you know, the Holy Spirit worked no more. And then we never seen miracles anymore. But I tell you, if we do mission, powerful things will happen. You know, this, this woman, maybe I share this woman uh, many, many times. So I never share this here. Uh, this woman, she's a blind woman. She's one of our members. You know, she was the daughter of a Hindu priest. When she accepted the Lord, she was blind already. She was blind. She couldn't see. But you know what happened. The, the cell begins to pray, Lord, heal her, heal her. Nothing happened. She's still blind. Why? Because God wants to show His glory through her blindness. But this lady loved the Lord so much. This lady have mission heart, so, you know, full of compassion. And one day, you know, our our pastor was about to preach. Suddenly, this blind woman came forward and she said, Pastor, Pastor, may I share something? The pastor said, what are you going to share? She said, you know, Pastor, I was blind since I accepted Jesus. So I never seen a Bible in my whole life. But right now, Pastor, I can see in my vision a book open, and I believe this is a Bible. Oh, the pastor said, can you read it for me? Yes, I can read even the inside. So she read the book, the open book, and the pastor was shocked because the verse that she, wrote, uh, she read was exactly the Bible verse. And the more shocking fact is this, the verse she read that day is the verse the pastor about to preach. So the pastor was shocked. So he said, okay, Nanga, you preach today. <laughs> so <laughs> Nanga stood up for 20 minutes. She saw the Bible verses and she begins to read the Bible verses. I think it's Joel chapter something, you know. She begins to preach for 20 minutes. And I tell you, Never in our church so powerful the presence of God that time. And people screaming. Some of people fell on the ground and repented. Screaming, God, oh God, I'm a sinner, forgive me. Repented. Wow, a blind woman. Suddenly she stopped at, in the middle of the preaching and she said this. She said this, this is powerful. She said, God told me, you know, there are two young men in this room. You are deeply bound by smoking habit. Come forward, I'll pray for you. Come forward, I can see you. <laughs> and you know what happened? We look at each other, you know, because, because as we understood... Nobody's smoking in our church. But then, two young boys came out. Two young men, you know, came out. They were the first visitor. And they were the only one who smoked. And this lady lay hand on the two, fall on the ground, fell on the ground, delivered from smoking. 
And then she said this again. Hmm, now, there's a one young man here. God told me, you are about to backslide. Even you already planned, tomorrow you want to backslide. God told me, even where you sit, I know. Even I know your, you know, your clothing. Yeah? You wear this and this. And God told me your name. Your name is Bobby. Bobby, come out. Bobby, come out. I can see you. Wow. Bobby came out crying. Wow. Oh, God. You can use a blind woman. And then Bobby repented. You know, this lady, although she was blind, she could lead a cell. And her cell multiply in two years become four. From one become four. And this lady already used by God, that time, you know, when I saw her, she already baptized 18 people. All are Hindu background. Wow. If a blind lady can lead a cell, say to the person next to you, you have hope. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. A blind lady. Whoa. One day, one day, her cell being persecuted. You know, the, the, the parents found out because we given all the young, young Christian, you know, a, a Bible. And the father, mother found out they burned the Bible. They, you know, stepped on the Bible. And they said, from today on, you will never read this book anymore. And you know, so Nanga was very sad. He, she prayed. She said, Lord, how how can the young believers grow without Bible, without the Word of God? How can I disciple them without the Bible? The Lord says, Nanga, I can perform miracles. Do not be afraid. And every night, Nanga pray, God show her in the vision, the Bible verses. Sometimes only the, the, the address of the Bible and somebody, you know, write it down. But sometimes the whole verses. And she wrote it down, you know, with, the, with her disciples. And then they Xerox it, photocopy it, and, and brought it every day in the morning, you know, so that everyone in the cell can read the Bible every day. Wow. Huh? You have so many Bible in your home. <laughs> But we never read it, right? <laughs> oh, when I look at the bookstore in, in America, I was shocked. So many versions of Bible. Oh, Indonesia only has three versions. Oh, 100 versions maybe. I don't know. But usually we bring Bible under our arm. And then we go home after, you know, from the church, put it on the shelf and say, see you next week. Right? <laughs> but these people, very hungry. No Bibles. Can you imagine? One day, her father cast her out from the home. You are no more my daughter because you disobey me. You become a Christian. Out! From today on, don't ever call me my father. You know, she said, Lord, how can I eat? 
How can I live? I'm a blind woman. How can I earn money? But the Lord said, you know, Nanga, don't be afraid. Do you not know that I'm your father? I will take care of you. How, father? And the father said, Nanga, I want you to work. She said, who wants to employ me? I'm a blind woman. But the Lord says, no, I want you to work. How? Oh, I will teach you. God spoke to her, sell fried banana. She said, the problem is, I don't know how to, to, you know, to make fried banana. Uh, no problem, God said, I will teach you, I will give you the recipe. So she prayed and then God gave her the recipe. Wow. In the vision, the recipe, you know, fried banana from heaven. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And she said to her disciple, okay, bring all this material. God wants to teach me to do fried banana. Now, if you are a blind woman, you, has a, you will have a problem. Why? Because you can cook the banana, put the banana in the oil, but you will never know when the banana is cooked, right? Yeah, yeah, a blind woman. How, how do you know? So I asked Nanga, Nanga, how do you know, how do you know the banana is cooked? She said with tears. She said, Pastor Eddie, God is so faithful. Every time the banana is cooked, there is a soft, gentle hand touching my hand, taking out the banana from the oil. Oh, I cried every time I listened to this testimony. And Pastor Eddie, God has been doing this for six months. For six months already. Every time. Do you know, she was a blind woman, how much she earned, you know, a month? Do you know how much? We were shocked. Ten times more than, you know, the money average people got in her hometown. 1,500 US dollar a month. Ooh, ten times. It's blind woman. If God can touch, you know, such a woman, God can touch you. So today, let us build his house and be sent out by God to do the works. God wants to use you to multiply this year. Amen. Let's pray. I want all the music team to come out. And let us come to the Lord today. Close our eyes. Who of you today, when you listen to this word, you say, Father God, you have sent Jesus Christ, the great apostles to the world. You have sent him for us so we can be saved. But not only be saved, you want us also to be sent out to the world. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus. Who of you today? If you say it, after you listen to this word, you say, God, I want to be sent out to do the works. God, send me out 
the world needs you. Send me out to do the works. Send me out to become your workers. If you really want God to send you out. And you said, Lord, I'm available today. Please, I want to pray for you. Would you please stand up on your feet? I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, send me out to the world, Lord. Lord, I want to be used by you, Lord. To be your instrument, Lord. To touch the world. Oh, Lord, thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you, Lord, for touching our heart today. Lord, if you can use Nengah, the blind woman, you can use us to, Lord, touch us, Lord, today. Thank you, Father God. Who of you today, you said, Lord, I need you. I need you. I have a lot of stronghold in my life. Oh, I have a lot of stronghold in my subconscious memory. But I need God to touch me, to change my life from inside out. I also want to pray for you. If you need the touch of the Lord, you want to be changed, also I want you to stand up right now. I want to pray for you also. Yes, yes, hallelujah. Oh, Father God, thank you, Lord, for the apostolic work you have given to us. Lord, right now, we pray for all of us in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, those who need healing, those who need deliverance, those who need... delivered from the stronghold. I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray for the stronghold. Break it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Lord, and we surrender our life to you, Lord. And right now, Lord, we want to praise you. We want to worship you, Lord. We want to honor you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand up together all. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.